Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today, I wanted to talk about the very essence of being the only girl on the job site. And since we've launched the designer edition of Only Girl on the Job Site, understandably, I've been talking with a lot of designers. And and I find that we have this obvious common thread for those of us doing renovation work. We are finding ourselves or have always found ourselves to be almost always the only girl on the job site. And while I use that as the, the name of my podcast and the name of the course, it really stems from just my simple reality. And, and the reason we chose that name was actually my children reminding me that that's how I often describe myself and my role when someone asks me about my work and what I do on construction sites. And so it just seemed obvious since it already is how I view myself. Now, this role can be rather, you know, lonely. Um, if you are the only anything in, in a situation, whether it's the only man, the only woman, the only child, the only adult, you know, what have you, um, it can be a lonely proposition. And I've had a lot of different experiences as the only girl on the job site. And since I've been doing this my entire career, I have seen a lot. And since I have been the only girl on the job site for such a long period of my life, I have developed strategies. I have evolved the way I work in order to make it a positive experience. And don't get me wrong, it is a very positive experience now, but that wasn't always the case. So if you've been listening to me for a while, then you know that I come from girls. I just have a sister. And our father was a guy's guy in every sense of the word. And to his credit, he did a lot with his daughters. And I'm sure that that was challenging for him in the beginning. He only had a brother. So I don't think he had spent a whole lot of time with girls, aside from my mother, because they were high school sweethearts. But he made sure we were included in everything he did, all of his hobbies, which, trust me, were very stereotypically male hobbies. He liked to shoot. He enjoyed fishing, hunting, decoy making. He had a boat. He taught us how to water ski. Everything he did, he taught us how to do as well. How to change the oil on your car, change a tire. He gave us all these lessons that really none of my girlfriends were learning at the time from their own fathers. And I think this foundation has given me kind of the wherewithal and the know-how to be this only girl on a job site, which is traditionally filled with men working on a job. But it hasn't always been easy. And, and maybe even in the moment, I did not realize what was going on. But as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. 
And so for those of you listening, for you designers listening to me now, and you might be struggling with how to manage certain situations, I thought it would be valuable to share some of my experiences over the years, because what you're seeing now, my confidence on job sites, the the joy that I have going on job sites was not always there. It comes over time. It comes with experience. It comes with confidence. It comes with looking back, seeing a situation and growing and changing from it. I have structured my entire business based on these experiences over the decades that I've been doing this. But in the beginning, I was an employee. I didn't have the ability to structure my job the way I do now. And I had a variety of experiences and not always on a job site. I remember very early on, I was the lowly librarian in a very well-known design firm, and I was doing really well. And the woman who owned it was giving me more and more responsibilities. And I now gather that it was a little faster than one of her senior designers felt it should have happened. And she cornered me one day in the library as I was reshelving samples, and she's turned to me and she said, you're not appreciating this job as much as you should. And I looked at her and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And she went on and on about how I should be paying my dues more and not be given the responsibilities that I was being given. Now, this woman was my senior, obviously. I worked under her. And so I didn't feel comfortable saying anything in return. I simply walked away went to the ladies' room and I burst into tears and then came up with an excuse to leave early for the day. But looking back now, I think, what on earth is this woman doing? It was not obviously anything that I had done or insisted upon that the owner of the firm was giving me more responsibilities. She obviously saw my talents. She obviously saw my skills. And of course, with hindsight, it's likely that the senior designer was threatened by me. Now, she had no reason to be threatened by me. And I actually know that she is still a senior designer at this firm 20 some years later. But these are examples of things that I don't think women talk enough about. And quite frankly, one of the things I think about when I do work with other people, because this woman was trying to tear me down. This woman was trying to hold me in the place in which I had been hired. And I fully believe women should be helping each other up. Women should be boosting each other, pulling along, inviting them to new levels when opportunities arise. Now, that was just one experience. And so even though I wasn't the only girl in that situation, I was singled out. And again, to this day, I I just have to assume it was just a threatening situation for her. Now, mind you, I didn't stay very long at that firm. I didn't really like the vibe at that firm any longer. And so I left. And, And I know that she's still practicing. Like I just said, I know she's still a senior designer there. And I wish her well. I just hope that she has treated others in that firm in a more uplifting and more supportive way than she did with me that day. But then there were other jobs I had. I was brought on to an architecture firm to build an interiors department inside the firm. Now, this job put me on the senior management team. And at the time, I was the only woman on the senior management team. 
And the only other woman that sat in on senior management meetings was the secretary. And yes, I use the term secretary because this was the 90s and that was her title at the time. And I'll be honest, I was probably 10 years younger than the average aged senior management team member. And that was incredibly intimidating. But I saw it as a challenge. I was given this role. It was something I wasn't sure I could do, but I really wanted to try hard at it. And I built their interiors department. But it wasn't until probably about six months into the job. Now, at the time, I was single and was living with three girlfriends. And my roommate started noting how I was treated depending on what I was wearing for the day. Now, admittedly, I don't pay much attention to that kind of stuff, but they started noting the days I would tell them about my job site visits, I was wearing a skirt. And at the time, I completely laughed and blew them off. I said, there's no way this is actually true. And then we started tracking it. I swear, we had a chart in the kitchen and the days that I wore skirts, maybe not every day, But most days that I wore skirts, I was sent out on a job site. Now, I never said anything at the time. I really didn't know what to say at the time. This was long before any of the movements that really empowered women to speak up to these issues. But this was something that I had to deal with. And again, I was the only girl on that team. And it is a very lonely prospect. And quite frankly, if I hadn't been living with my roommates, I'm not sure I would have picked up on this. I'm not sure I would have drawn the conclusion, skirt equals job site visits. But I learned from it. And again, once I did determine this, I did not stay long at that firm because that is not an environment that anyone should be working in. And I was fortunate enough when I started looking for another job, I found it. And I will say I tended to work with women from that point forward for that very reason. But just because you're working with women does not mean like that first experience. That doesn't mean that you aren't treated poorly. And I know this crosses all industries. I can only speak from being an interior designer. But these lessons, these little building blocks, and while they were not pleasant at the time, I learned from them. I applied them to the next role. And then while I was on job sites, I'm sure you can imagine the things that I have been called on job sites since I was 23, probably on my first job site. And, you know, sweeties, honey, little lady, miss, things of that nature, while seemingly benign or depending on how they are delivered, are incredibly demeaning and meant to be. And that's where I learned to draw the line. Now, some of you listening and some of the women I have spoken to recently get very confrontational when that happens to them on job sites. And I completely understand where that motivation comes from. And trust me, I have gotten confrontational in the past, but what I have learned and what I try to explain to others is that it doesn't solve the issue. It doesn't resolve any of the tension at the time. It doesn't change their opinion of you. And therefore, I don't apply that strategy. Now, this doesn't happen to me very often anymore, but when someone does call me sweetie or hun or little lady or miss or any of those 
demeaning terms, I typically flip it on its head. And while it doesn't happen to me much anymore, it did happen to me a couple of months ago on a job site. Now, I was running the job site, but I was unfamiliar with this plumber. And he was an older gentleman, and we were in a discussion talking about some technical issues. And he turned to me and he said, well, little lady, I never thought I'd hear those words out of your mouth. And I looked at him. Now, this was about a technical term I had just used. And obviously, he meant it as a compliment in a way, if you're going to go there. And that's sort of how I tried to take it, because I think he was shocked and stunned that I would actually have the answer he was looking for. But I took a different tact. I turned to him and I said, gosh, I haven't been called little lady in a while. I really appreciate you thinking I'm, I'm a young lady. And he stopped in his tracks and he looked at me and he said, oh, I'm so sorry I said that. Now, his answer was sincere. And admittedly, I'm pretty good at reading people. And I don't think he intended to be derogatory. I don't think he intended to demean me because trust me, I have been a part of meetings where those terms, those exact same words have been used intentionally to demean someone, but it still was an opportunity for me to check that behavior and allow him to understand that it's not okay to say that to me. Now, I said it in a passive aggressive way, and I'm fully aware of that. And Some of you may be disagreeing with my approach, but it's an approach that I have applied time and again that has been successful because the other thing that people need to keep in mind is these jobs last months and months, sometimes years. If you have friction with team members, that project will go poorly. It just is that simple. There will be lack of communication. You won't be dialed in or you won't be dialing them in because you don't want to interact. I have personally witnessed this with other team members, and it is a miserable experience. And nobody wins, especially not the client, not the job. So I have tried to find ways to come at the situation. I don't let it pass. I never let a comment like that go by me without some sort of rebuttal. But I do find that the rebuttals I use that are more subtle and yes, more passive aggressive, get me further down that road than if I was aggressive. And like I said, I have tried being aggressive in the past and it fell very flat and worked terribly against me. So that is my advice because it can be very lonely on these job sites being the only girl. And the women I've been speaking with lately about this designer edition course have all felt the same way. And as we discussed in the designer masterclass I hosted last week, there really are three different groups of women in the interior design business that do renovation projects. And they are the the new guys. They're either they've done one or two, maybe they've done their own home, but they don't really have the confidence or knowledge to add it to their services for their clients. And then there are the women who have done a number of them, but likely were brought on by the client and not a service that they have proactively marketed to fellow industry members or to their clients. 
mainly because they're not sure how to do that, nor have the full confidence that they need to put themselves out there as an expert in the field. And then there were the seasoned designers. And I've been speaking with lots of them. And while I didn't really know what to offer them in the beginning, thinking, well, gee, they know what I know, so why would they need more information? It was so obvious to me. I just can't believe I didn't see it in the beginning. Because one of the main reasons I've been able to survive as the only girl on the job site is because of the three women that I met in design school. We have a group chat and we are constantly in it, sharing, questioning, wins, losses, issues, concerns, and knowing that they are there, knowing that I can reach out to them at any moment and get an answer, an idea, support, or just someone listening has made me more confident in the choices I make on a day-to-day basis on these job sites. And that's when it finally dawned on me that the community is what we are all missing. Now, I work alone. I have worked alone for years now. And while that is a choice of mine, I have support people who help me behind the scenes, but I am out there on my own on these job sites. And I know that other designers do this as well. And so not having that support, feeling like you're going at it alone, can be very isolating. And that is something that doesn't have to be. So I developed this private Facebook group just for interior designers. And I know that there are other groups out there for sourcing and things of that nature, but this is solely about renovation projects and how to manage them. And trust me, every project is unique. They all come with their own issues. And I am constantly learning even after 28 years of doing this every day. There's just so much out there, whether it's trends are changing, whether it's technical information changing, whether there's new materials, it's always evolving, which I think quite frankly is one of the reasons I love what I do. It's always changing, but it brings its inherent issues. It definitely highlights insecurities about being the only girl on the job site. And today I really wanted to share some of my personal stories because the downside to podcasts, to social media, to webinars is you see this one moment in time. And I think it's important for us to be open and honest about our true realities, what we've really walked through and how we've arrived at where we are now. And so trust me, when I am on a job site and it's my team, I don't allow behavior that I've experienced in the past. It just simply isn't allowed. I don't even have to say it. I bring people together who don't believe in speaking to others like that. They believe I am an equal to them. And it's just inherent in who they are. So if you are working with a group who isn't treating you this way, look for a new group. Those team members are out there. And trust me, I've had to pass along a few over the years when behavior seemed to crop up and it didn't seem to be a one-off situation. So if you have an electrician who's starting to get snarky with you or dismissive of you, go find a new electrician. They're there. They're out there. Start now. It might take you a little while and you might have to put up with this nonsense for a little bit longer 
but you don't have to put up with it forever. Now, if you're put on construction sites, like I am sometimes, where the team was built before you, then you have to play catch up. You have to figure out how to get along with all of these personalities. And it is not always easy. But I will say, and I've spoken about this in other podcasts, we were on a project for two years and the partner of the firm was incredibly demeaning to my client. And the interesting part was he never did it in front of me in the beginning. And sadly, my client never mentioned it to me until about eight months into the project. I guess she'd hit a boiling point. I'm not sure actually why she didn't speak to me about it sooner, but his dismissive behavior started to come into the meetings. And then I was on the receiving end of it. And that's when everything came to a head. We had to speak privately to this guy's partner who also was on the job quite regularly and explained to him that this gentleman was no longer welcome on the job. And we had to speak to the partner and discuss with him what we had been experiencing. And I'm not sure, quite frankly, if he fully believed us or not, but we didn't give him a choice. We said either this gentleman is no longer welcome on the job site or we'd find another construction company. Now, this did not come lightly. I can promise you that when you are two thirds of the way through a project and you're basically threatening to find another construction company, you can imagine how bad it had gotten. Now, that being said, he readily said, fine, the guy won't be back on the site, which, of course, my client and I discussed very quickly after this meeting. It couldn't possibly have been the first time he'd heard this because he gave in way too fast. He didn't even push back. He gave us a little like, hmm, wow, I'm so sorry. Gosh, you know, that kind of stuff. But he immediately met our demands and we all moved on. Never saw the guy again. So these things happen and they are uncomfortable. I don't want to sugarcoat that. It is not easy to lay down reasonable demands in a group of men. It just isn't easy. But doing it is important. It establishes protocol and decorum on a project, which is a necessity for a successful project to run smoothly. So I want to hear from you. If you've had experiences like this, I'd like to hear about them. I understand them. I have more stories I could share that I didn't want to bore people with today. I just wanted to open up a forum for a conversation that allows people to get the support that they really need. And being the only girl on the job site can be very isolating, can be very lonely. But I believe with the proper support from other interior designers, it can be a thrilling and exhilarating role as well. And that is what I experience now and why I wanted to build this designer community inside the Only Girl on the Job site course. I would love to hear from you, your experiences and also your wins and your strategies, because as I always say, there's something to learn from all of us. So in the meantime, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I have been thinking about this and want to stay as transparent and open as possible to dispel any concerns that everything is sunshine and roses. While it is much more sunny and lots of roses now, there have been tremendous bumps 
and hiccups along the way. And I imagine there will be some in my future, but I have the support, I have a community, I have the techniques and strategies in place to allow them to be incredibly minor at this juncture in my career. And I'd love to help support you have that same feeling and confidence. So thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to our next conversation together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.